Welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorbikes. I am your host, Matt Polanski, recording live on location from my mother-in-law's because I live in a perpetual hell where people keep coming to look at my house but not offering me a damn thing for it yet. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Bono GP. We are giving Josh the night off as he has work very early in the morning tomorrow, so sleep tight, Josh. A couple housekeeping notes. If... Be sure to follow us on Twitter at RedSectorMotoGP. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast version, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating review. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment, like, all that fun, happy jazz. Um, but no, it's been a while since I've been able to be on the podcast. So uh, how you been doing, bud? Yeah, I've been doing well. Welcome back, I suppose. Uh, it's weird for me yeah. to say that to you, but it's it's felt like quite a while since we've really spoke on the podcast, hasn't it? It's been, what's it been, a couple of weeks, two weeks, something like that? Um, but yeah, nice to have you back. It's just a shame we, we we just need a podcast with all three of us eventually, and then we're uh, we're all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, it, and these off weeks, it's, it's really rough because, yeah, there's no racing. Yeah, we had... F1 today. Um, I know World Superbike was on today. I haven't been able to watch any of it. Um, Moto America has been happening all day. Uh, been able to catch little snippets here and there uh, throughout the day, but yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, I was watching um, World Superbike. Oh, I weren't watching it, but I was trying to keep up to it uh, yesterday with Johnny Ray. Was it? Was the group behind? Was it Lowe's? Top rack and Redding, or was it Redding Top rack or something? I can't remember, but uh, Johnny Ray won yesterday, didn't he? In the first, the first race, I think. I think it was. See, I haven't even looked into what what the standings were or the finishing order because I tried getting on the World Superbike app, and that app is so jankily put together. Like the MotoGP app is phenomenal, and you would think, being that they're MotoGP and World Superbike are affiliated, like they would transfer over and know, like the World Superbike app is so bad. I I can't, I can't get timing. I can't get video. I went into the video to see like, oh, maybe there's a race replay I could watch. There's nothing. So last night I ended up watching replays of the uh, Hono Superbike in Moto America and American flat track was supposed to be yesterday and it ended up raining out. Uh, they were supposed to be in Texas. So. Yeah. It's been a I, I do lot try to of keep bikes, of but not that much racing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I do try and keep all the world superbikes a fair bit, but like I kind of just lost faith in it a little bit last few years, but at the same time, it's, uh, I'm hoping that people like top rack and Scott and Alex can actually like challenge Johnny Ray for a, top one well top position really actually try and beat him that's i'm sure anyone's hoping that somebody can compete with johnny ray but uh yeah so a couple things um being that i wasn't on the show last week uh, i wanted to give a couple thoughts uh that you guys talked about uh first thing i want to talk about i mean granted all the races were great all all i watched all four races loved every one of them um Pedro Acosta's wreck, uh, I kind of cursed him because I'm sitting there watching it, and 
thinking like, this kid is so good. He's just sawing through the field. And like a minute later, he goes down. So I cursed him. But uh, I, I give it to him to be able to hold on to the bike, be able to keep the clutch in, keep the throttle up to not stall the bike out. Um, the only thing, uh, the only problem I have, and I didn't think about it at the time, uh, it wasn't until I was listening to another motorcycle racing podcast uh, over here in the States called Greg's Garage with Jason Pridmore that the co-host, Jason Pridmore, said, when you do stuff like that and you try to hold on to the bike, you can lose fingers that way. Yeah. Because if that bike grabs in a certain way and how often do we see bikes sliding and then all of a sudden they catch and flip over you know if he's holding that bike and it flips it's taking him with him so yeah, yeah it it, it kind of like i i wasn't even thinking about it. I, I was just so excited i'm like oh he held on to it and he's he's right back on and he's you know getting back through the field i loved what you said about like you watch pedro acosta go past you he falls, you pass him back, and then he repasses you on the track. I just, I hope the kid isn't trying to do too much too early. Because even at the end, towards the end of the race, his pit crew had the pit board out and was saying, it, it said P8, okay. Like, they had to tell the kid, like, hey, we're fine with P8. Please do not try to push this further than you have to. And there's even been reports where his crew is having to go to him because he's so driven and he's so focused on racing that they have to go to him and be like, you're 16. Can you please go out and be a kid for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I love that because it just gives me Mark Marquez vibes. When Mark Marquez was mm -hmm. such a young kid coming through, he was so obsessed with win, win, win. Like, no, no matter what it was, whether it was qualifying, race free practice, whatever. And he's been and he's still like it now in that Mark wants to win everything. We see Mark mm -hmm. when he wins championships and then he's going hell for leather in the races following to win. Even he doesn't have to. He could literally turn up and just put his feet up and watch. But he doesn't. You know, he doesn't just sit and be like, oh, I'll I'll take a safe result. He pushes on for everything. And honestly, if Acosta wins, let's say, I mean I know I don't want to put him up on a too big of an expectation, but let's say Acosta wins this world title this year or next year or whenever in Phillip Island. I still put money on it that he'll go to Valencia and he'll be pushing to gap by 10, 15 seconds. That's what he'll want to do. It's just in that, it's that mentality. You can't teach that mentality either. That's the, that's no. the real thing behind it is that that mentality has to come within and Acosta's got it. He just does. And like Josh says all the time, he has this sixth sense as well. And it's just attributes you can't teach. But when they do have these attributes, you know there's something special. And Acosta is without a doubt something special. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, next point I wanted to talk about uh, Americans racing, American riders going down. Uh, if I hadn't been watching this on my phone i probably would have fired my phone across the room um watching it you know seeing joe go down was hard enough you know you know this kid is trying to push so hard he wants to be 
towards the top in every race, but he's he's just pushing too hard, and it's doing him more harm than good. Like I get real Alex Wren vibes with Joe Roberts, like he is trying to prove himself so hard that he's just throwing away races, and then you know for Cam to be as high up as he was, uh. Yeah, he's still a rookie, and this stuff is about to happen. But it's just like, uh, like, like I said with uh, Anju a couple weeks ago, like you just want to shake him, and be like, "Will you please just settle down?" It's a wet, it's a somewhat wet track. There's all sorts of crazy. Just please, just slow down and finish the race. To be fair, though, it's it's a little bit like what I was saying to Josh in that that kind of race as much as it's frustrating with like Cameron and Joe in your case and frustrating anyway, but it's one of those races in those conditions where you wouldn't blame anyone for crashing. Like like Mark Marquez, right. With a, with an in, still recovering from that arm injury led a race. And we very rarely see Mark lead a race and crash. I can only think of Austin 2019 that comes to mind yeah. that I think like where everyone was like, wow, like that's, that's weird. And different conditions, obviously, but what that's kind of linked into what I'm saying in that that race, all three races, you you could be the best rider on the grid and you can crash out at a race like that. But with Cameron, I have a lot of lenience, like leniency with it because it's, it's you know it's different tires, different bike, completely mm-hmm. new. You know, he, he's not even raced around some of these tracks before. Like, no. I mean, I know he did in one two fives like years ago absolutely donkeys ago when he was teammates with mark marquez in one two five but mm-hmm. you know there's going to be tracks like portimao i don't know if he's ever raced around there and whatnot that you know you expect him to be a bit behind a bit like jake dixon was when he came into the championship but with i, I do i can kind of see what you mean with the joe roberts thing with the rins resemblance i kind of get what you mean mm-hmm. i think it does have a bit of similarity in what kind of riders they are in the pace wise you know, we see, I mean, the last test at Areth, I think Alex Rins was second behind Maverick, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Don't I quote me on it. I believe so, yeah. But it was up there. And we see tests when, you know, preseason tests at Moto2 and Joe Roberts is all the way up there. And then it just comes to, you know, that last tenth or like that last piece of the puzzle. And it's, you know, just bins it. But... It's very frustrating with Joe because, like I've said a few times, I almost felt going into this year that we'd see the next Joe Roberts. You know, the Joe Roberts that was going to take it to the Sam Loses, the Ralph Fernandez, the, you know, Remy Gardner. It'd be up there with those guys, session in, session out. And I've not seen that part of Joe Roberts yet. No. And uh, as, as an American, you know, racing fan... I just, I hope he can, you know, sort of cool his head a little bit and say, okay, I need to take a little bit of time around the track. Not so much in like development or anything, but just in the race, let the race come to you. And maybe instead of, because he's trying to push a lot in these races, instead of trying to push the competitors, let them come to you almost. Yeah, I don't know if that I, made I, any sense, but I, no, I do get what you mean because I think you look back at Portimao, 
a brilliant race for Joe Roberts. Yeah, he got pipped mm-hmm. for the podium, but you know, he he wasn't he wasn't racing out of his skin to try and keep up with the front guys. He knew his pace, stuck with it, and just let the race come to him and just sat with a group, sat with the pace that he could do that he was comfortable with, and then just managed it as it went. And the race did come to him because, you know, on lower tire, well, on a lot of tire wear, if you like, if the, when the tires were pretty much gone, um, the likes of Remy, Joe, and whatnot were just patiently taking their time, taking their time, you know, just bit by bit. And Joe got P4 from it. And mm-hmm. even though he didn't get on the podium, you were like, that's more like Joe. That's more like the Joe that we saw last year, hints of it that we thought, okay, get rid of some of the poor results. And then there's the full Joe, but it's almost like we've gone back to the the old Joe Roberts and we're back to square one a little bit. I don't want to be too harsh on him, but it's, it has been poor. But, yeah, it's, uh, we'll quit beating up on Joe and Cam. Uh, the only other p- point I wanted to make about last week's race was the penalties. Yeah, I know you guys were saying about uh, the Quattararo penalty. My whole thing is the rules are in the rule book for a reason. You know, did it affect anybody's race? No, not really. But it's still a rule. You have to go to your pit box. And Fabio didn't follow that rule. I mean, it ultimately it ultimately didn't make a difference because Jack had to do two long lap penalties. And was still able to pass him and still able to gap him by a lot. But it's still the point of like the rules are there for a reason. Um, I'm whatever like you know the the penalties to the Ducati team, the Ducati riders. You know I'll get to those ones in a minute. You know pit lane speed is a very crucial one. You know people have died in pit lane for stuff for you know riders drivers going too fast. You know, those ones are a little more severe, but whatever the reason for the you have to go to your box rule is, it's a rule. It, you know, Fabio broke it. He deserved a penalty. The yeah, Ducati. Think... Oh, go on. All right. I was no, just about to say, um, I think what frustrated me more with it was the fact that speeding in pit lane. And this is, again, this is, like I said last week, this is not any kind of bias towards Yamaha or whatever, but the the speeding in pit lane, that, like you just said, is a legitimate safety precaution. Like, it's a big safety precaution that they put in place. So breaking that by 10, well, whether it's one kilometer per hour or 10 or whatever, but breaking that, that's a straight, you know, you cannot do that. That is, that is the, the, you know, probably worst one to break in pit lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and that warrants two long lap penalties. Now, right. if that warrants two long lap penalties and putting your bike on the wrong spot and running five yards warrants one, then to me, that doesn't like, how is that half? That, for me, that's that's not even a tenth of speeding in pit lane, like getting like, I, it's breaking the rule. Yeah, but a long lap penalty for that, and then just two long lap penalties for ten mar- ten kilometers per hour in pit lane. You know, for me, I'm like, there's no way on earth that 
that's only like it's just half the 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 penalty. If that does it, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. Right, I get what you're trying to say. The and I don't know how the stewards, you know, dish out penalties or you know if there's you know some sort of like chart they have where it's like well if you do the between this range qualifies with one long lap uh, uh i'm trying to think where i wanted to go with this i do think you know, the consistency the, of um the adjudicating if you like that, needs to be a lot more clear right that's and that's where i wanted to go with this i i will the one thing i will give to the stewards is they're not you know fluctuating on like the leniency so to speak you know like in f1 a lot of times we'll see like bahrain for example oh we'll lose hamilton cut the track how many times no penalty max does it and he has to give a lap uh position back but the reason we didn't punish lewis was he wasn't gaining a competitive advantage it's like well no there needs to be consistency you either give a punishment or don't at least with fim the stewards are you did this there's your punishment was the punishment just maybe not you know i but then again what other punishment do you give him a, a drive-through penalty is going to be much more severe than a long lap especially at Lamar when the tr the pit lane is what most of the front straightaway yeah i think you, to be honest with do you do you give them a time penalty yeah it's a good point you bring up to be fair i think for me like i've said speed speeding in pit lane is you know you don't do it if you do that you should be penalized the right right way I, for me i think too long lap penalties like we've seen it as well before in Moto Three when it's oh yeah you'll get two long lap penalties and all the commentators will say it like that's nothing like for Moto Three that's nothing you know what I mean that is right you can gain that back in like five laps so I mean maybe in my opinion I think Jack Miller might should have been penalised a bit more maybe or not Jack Miller and Bagnaia I think in order to cut out any speeding in pit lane. If you get two long lap penalties, you'd be like, "Well, maybe I can push my luck." And if I just get a, just about get away with it, then two long lap penalties. If it's raining, that wouldn't even be that bad, right? I don't know. I I, I think it was quite lenient, really. Um, but I do agree with your point in that with MotoGP, if you break it, there is a penalty. Fair enough. Fair enough. But like with the F1 thing in Bahrain. I get why people were saying, oh, well, but Verstappen actually overtook on that corner. So he did gain an advantage. But for me, if you're running wide 29 times, I think it was, that Hamilton did, then clearly he's getting yeah. an advantage from it because he kept doing it. So, you know, um, I'm glad that it's not like that where you've got, you know, six or one here. These gray areas. The yeah, like just these kind of, oh, we'll, we'll give that a penalty, but we're not sure if we'll give the same thing in another person's case the same thing whereas to be fair to them with right. gp they were like bagnaya's sped uh been speeding sorry penalty jack miller's been speeding penalty do you know what i mean they, they didn't just be like well he's 10 mile an hour over and he's five so we'll give him this that and he's like speeding speeding um 
two long lap penalties. I don't know. I'm, I might be being a bit harsh, but I think two long lap penalties is a bit, bit of a get out of jail free card. But again, I well, and especially with a, a race like this where it's raining, I feel like if maybe if this was a dry race where the pack is a little more bunched up, maybe it would have had a bigger effect. Um, it, it's just this race being wet with how spread out everybody was. I mean, you had 40 second gaps to between certain riders. Uh, I, I feel like if this was a dry race, it would have been a little more impact. The, the long, double long lap would have been a little more impactful, but yeah. Like I said, I feel like it comes down to with with F1, you can dish out like second pen, like five second penalties, 10 second penalties. And it does something during the race because they have pit stop. Well, what do you do in MotoGP? Yeah, like I said, you could you either have the long lap, you have what you bring them down through the pit lane. But depending on the track, that could be more severe than others. Or you, what, you give them a time penalty? I mean, that's really about it. But even the time penalty isn't going to make much of a difference unless they are, unless it's like a Moto3 race where the riders are right on each other. You know, a time penalty in Moto3, yeah, a rider could go from first to 20th. Yeah, I mean, this might justify my point a bit more in that we go back to, and I referenced it a few weeks back, we go back to Cal Crutchlow 20. 18, I think it was, it might have been 19, um, at Argentina. And Cal jumped the start by literally, it must have been 0.004 milliseconds or something like It was ridiculous the amounts. But the argument was jumping the start is jumping the start, and he still got a ride mm-hmm. through. He went through the whole pit lane. Now, if that warrants a, pit, a ride through, but riding 10 kilometers over the speed limit so you're riding 10 kilometers quicker than any everybody else warrants two long lap penalties then that's not right do you know what i mean like no if if you can jump the start by like bang bang and you're yeah long lap penalty not not long long lap penalty sorry uh ride through and then going 10 kilometers an hour quicker into pit lane warrants two long lap penalties then for me that doesn't add up. Like I would rather be okay if you if you jump the start by a slight bit, then two long lap penalties. But if you're speeding in pit lane that much as well, but speeding in pit lane, that's a ride through penalty. It should be the other way around, I think. Right, and I mean that uh, that's a perfect example of where like, and you said like that was uh, three years ago. Yeah, you have to wonder, is it still the same stewards? Are these different racing stewards? Because if it's different ones, then, you know, every steward is going to dish out punishment in a different way. Yeah, it is is the same one because it's Freddie Spencer who is now like in that whole gang of stewards and whatnot, the former former rider. Um, And since then, there's been so many like nitpicky kind of penalties that I've not really agreed with so much, but it's it's still the same there's still still the same uh, stewards but i think that's a good point okay. to bring up that you know you can jump the start by not even visible seconds like visible amounts and that's a whole ride through which you you'd look at that and think that's quite harsh but 
if it's if that's the the yeah. rule, then that's the rule. But speeding in pit lane, two long laps, like really? I don't know. For me, I think that's quite lenient. Yeah, but the other point I wanted to get to with the penalties was the Ducatis, like you said, you know, going ten miles an hour over. Apparently, the uh, Peco after the race said that that was an issue with the bike where the limiter was set too high. So when they come into pits, they hit a button and it turns on the pit limiter and it was set to 70. That brings up the question, how long has this been set to 70? That that Yeah, that, I, I don't know if that's just a cover-up for their kind of bluffs to make it out like, oh, you know, it wasn't... I'm not saying he's lying, but... In what right. world do you change the pit limiter speed? Because that weekend they had come in on Saturday uh, after qualifying or whatever with the pit limiter on and in warm-up, come in with the pit limiter on, and it's like, yep, yeah, right speed, perfectly fine. So in what world between then and the race do you say, let's up the pit limiter? And that's, like, I'm not trying to, like, start any, like, you know, Ferrari F1 conspiracy theory here, but like we don't see bike in MotoGP, we don't see bikes coming in for pit stops like you do in F1. And the only time they really come into pits is during free practice and qualifying, where they're no, really not monitoring pit limit or like pit speed that well, because usually these riders are you know slowing down well before. So was this like something that's always been set that way? Or are they like no, no, no way. Set... It, it it's just really weird. Like, how do you like you would think it would be set at sixty? That's it. No changing. Where did it get changed? How long has it been like this? Yeah, because think because of it, this it was way, both like, Ducatis. It wasn't yeah. like it was one and the not the other. Yeah, exactly. You think of it this way: in the in Q, I mean, Bagnai didn't make it to Q two, but Q one and Q two qualifying. Um, they're not wasting time coming down pit lane and going, oh, well, I'll go a few miles per hour underneath the speed limit because, you know, it's just going to take my time. Qualifying is very much like make up all the time you can and, you know, don't waste any time. So they will have been on pit limiter at some point this weekend, no question. So I don't know. And if anyone's to say, oh, it's like a, you know, just a complete malfunction and it's just changed by itself, why has it changed 10 miles an hour over like why or 10 kilometers over that that seems a bit odd to me like surely if it was to malfunction yeah, it, change it would, then it would it would cancel it. it wouldn't work do you know what i mean it wouldn't change it right, to a different it, speed yeah it's not gonna like because you it wouldn't affect the speed it wouldn't change it to like you know 50 or 70 or just you know some random of like 96 or something like that it would just canceled out completely yeah you know it, it's just really weird that he like that's and i don't understand like if, if you're trying to cover it up why would you say like you're directly throwing it at the team and the bike like you know saying that oh well the pit limiter was set too high that's like that's calling out your team that's calling out the you know the, your engineers and stuff like that it's quite an embarrassing yeah, it... mistake to make, if so. 
because like we've just been saying like why why would you change the pit limiter speeds like you just wouldn't but yeah it's it's a weird one but um yeah very odd is there anything else you want to discuss with Le Mans before we move on to our our grading system no that was it um yeah it's just those points uh like i said all four races i watched all four of them they were all amazing you know, except for you know stuff like acosta i feel like acosta probably could have won that had he not gone down um or at least gotten a po- another podium um sucks to see the american boys go down um still a great race and then the MotoGP race was just, you know, one of the, it, it's not one of the greatest races ever, but it's one of those ones, like, being that it was the first flag-to-flag race in, what, five years? Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those. Yeah. I think it, I think it kept saying it was in, like, 2000, it was, like, Brno 2017 or something like that. I kept hearing that. Mm. I know so, Marquez won the last one at Bruno flag to flag by quite a margin, like probably ten seconds or something like that. Um, but if mm-hmm. that is if that is the last one, then yeah, it was that would have been it. It'd have been the Bruno one. But um, yeah, that me and Josh were saying as well because over in the UK it was on terrestrial TV, uh, Le Mans. So yeah, it, was it was on quite free good TV. To, yeah, it was quite good to kind of put it out there that yeah, this is our sport and it'd be a fairly decent race. You know, like we we said the same thing, and it wasn't the best race in the world, but it was definitely not the worst by a long, long shot. It was a very entertaining and interesting race. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, really good to put on terrestrial TV and show MotoGP to people that may not have watched it before. Maybe some F1 fans that have come over as well. Yeah, it's definitely a good race to have. You know, some fresh eyes on. I mean, you know. T- pulling back the curtain a little bit, we're recording this on the day of the Monaco GP and I'm over at my in-laws house. My father-in-law watched the race with me and I just, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is the, probably the worst race you could like to try and introduce someone to F1. Yeah. I think when you're new to a racing sport, you, you want to see action. You want to see overtaken. And when I think Monaco is one of them that, You've got to be invested in it enough to understand what's important and interesting about it, like with strategy and different small things. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what gives Monaco its 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 specialty more than the action, so to speak. Yeah, and like granted, you know, in the Moto G or the yeah, in the F one race, there was quite a bit, of, quite yeah, a few interesting points. But it was still just like one of those races, like, I forget at what point, I think we were like 20 laps in, and I just like, there has not been a single overtake. It's entered parade mode at this point. Like, at one point, my father-in-law like got up and like started walking around the house, you know, doing stuff. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed Monaco, like, compared to previous Monacos, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Anyway, on with the bikes, but, eh? <laughs> yeah, moving on. Uh, so I did the math, and I figured out that we are at the quarterly mark for the season. So we figured we would do our you know, MotoGP civil, civic duty and rate 
you know, give the MotoGP world its quarterly review because we're qualified for that. Yeah, like a so, almost like a in in the UK, what you class as like a half term, um, well, review, I suppose, just kind of give everybody a grade. And if if we're going off, you know, complete maths here, and we times the championship by four, then if Fabio Quattararo finishes on 320 points, I'll be a very happy bunny by the time it comes to November, December. Whether that'll happen or not, I don't entirely know. But um, where do you want to go from, Matt? So the way we're going to do this, we're going to do a sort of like uh, WTF1 does. We're going to do A, B, C, D. Uh, we're going to cancel out E because I don't understand that one. Do you guys, like, how is your grading system over there? Because for us, it's A, B, C, D, and F. There is no really? E. Um, for us, it's, yeah. it's a bit weird. Like, we have a different system now for different subjects. But to put it simply, we have A star, A, B, C, D, E, F. I think we might even have G in some subjects. But I think it's just, let's just say F for simple terms. And okay. then U for an absolute stinking like performance <laughs> you would be like yes. let me think of a you you would be like with all due respect like what we were saying earlier with miguel Oliveira, and i'll be the first one to jump on miguel Oliveira's bandwagon i love miguel Oliveira, but mm -hmm. his season has been abysmal for miguel Oliveira's standards what he what he would have expected at the quarter stage of the season he'll be kicking himself not kicking himself really but annoyed with how it's gone um but yeah we'll, we'll go with however you want to go with it matt in terms of we'll go with a b c d e well do you want to do an a star for like a special kind of like if they've had a really good standout yeah we can do that we, we can do it your way because like i said i know from what listening to wtf1 the because like over here it's a plus a a minus like there's a every yeah, letter yeah. has a plus and a minus um which gets it can be really confusing. So we'll that do gives like a lot of grades, doesn't it? So if we want to go just A star, A, mm -hmm. B, C, D, E, A star, A, yeah, and then a U. If yeah, we'll that. do it that way. Yeah. Do you want to go from top of the championship to bottom, or do you want to just pick them out, or like what do you want to do it? Like... Uh, we can go bottom to top. Um, okay. Because yeah, start from the worst, get to the best. Um, so in 24th place in the Drivers' Championship, we have Tito Rabat. Mind you, he's only done two races. He was here basically to fill a seat. Uh, for that, I'm going to give him a C. Uh, he was tasked with a job. He came in. He did said job. Thank you for being here. Have fun in World Superbike. You know, you got a point, which, you know, that's the best you could do given the circumstances coming in. You know, he's been practicing here and there for a world superbike. He hasn't been on a bike steadily. So to be able to come in, what race was that? That was Harath. That was Le France. Le that was this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Le Mans. Point, yeah, Le Mans, yeah. So, yeah, I give him a C. Yeah, I can back that. I think C for Tito. I, I, don't, I don't think he would have expected to pull trees up, really. But, I mean, it's a point. But if Pramac win a position at the end of the year by a point, then you can go and thank Tito for that. So I think C is fair enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so moving up, uh, we have Lorenzo Salvadori. Two points. Uh, um, 
because you did did you expect much no you know he he came into the he came in last season to fill in for um who did he fill in for Who's the other Pillar rider that had oh, the doping? Smith, didn't he? No, no, that was when Ian only did the uh, doping and whatnot. I think that's when. Did he fill in for that, or I can't quite remember? But no, it was, whole it was Bradley Salvadori, Salvadori like switch seat, didn't they, towards the end? Yeah, because Smith came in for, Iquona, uh, or how do you say his name? Iquona. No, the doping one. Oh, Andrea Iannone. Iannone. The only way, way I remember his name is he was in the MotoGP game. They never took him out after the issue. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're still fairly, like, in terms of, like, the grand scheme of things, you're still fairly, like, new to, what, like, well, just right. older, uh, I'd say All older the names that, and everything. That yeah, that aren't really, like, standout, so to speak. Right. So if I, if I said somebody like Alex DeAngelis, I don't know if you've ever heard of Who? him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but but old school, like not old school, but like mid two thousands, people would be like, "Oh, how do you not know him?" But it, you know, don't kill Matt. All right, he's he's still yes. getting to grips with like some of the Moto- older guys. MotoGP is still considered like a third sport on it. The net the network that carries it. It feels weird though so, because I'm I'm the youngest out of the three of us with Josh. Yeah. And I'm almost like teaching some of you, like some of the yeah, older stuff. You... <laughs> Makes me feel old. Well, oh, and then sad. when you got the when you got a voice like yours, it sounds you know like you're 40. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm but, not even going to argue that one, but yeah. <laughs> but um, for, uh, for Salvador, yeah, I keep thinking D. Yeah, like I don't want to give him a straight F because he's trying. You know, a uh, 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 you know, Alicia Spargo is doing stuff with the Aprilia that we didn't think would be happening this season. But it's Alish. He's on a whole nother level from Salvador. I mean, the bike's built he's... for Alish, isn't it? Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, he got uh, two points. Uh, he got 14th place in Portimao? Portugal. Yeah, yeah, it was Portimao. The kid's trying. He, I mean, granted, he. Didn't score any points in any other race. He's either fallen or been all the way in the back. I think D's fair enough. Like, you know, so the bike's not going to do wonders. So you, for me, to get an A star or an A in a, on an Aprilia, you'd have to have put it on a podium. Um, See, for me to get an A star, you have to have won. Oh, really? what, on an Aprilia? If you got A, well, yeah, I suppose that's fair enough. Like, if you had yeah. an absolute standout, yeah, you probably won. Um but for me, Salvadori, I don't think D, D sounds like we're being harsh, but like, I think when it's, if Aleish was doing what Salvadori is, we'd be like C, B, because they're, they're thereabouts for the bike standards. But because mm-hmm. he's, he's filling up a second role that is so different to the other role in the garage that he's kind of fair enough. Um, we'll yeah. move on. We'll move on. Let's not bully <laughs> Salvadori. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to bully someone else now because we're on to Ike Lacuana well, in 22nd. You know Laquona gets a lot of stick, but I think if if last weekend's not changed his mm-hmm. grade up by one, then I think that's a bit harsh because for those conditions, like we've said, for me, Laquona not having a great year. Let's just say no. as it is because KTM aren't having a great year. That no. that does have an impact because if if the Aprilia thing counts for Savadori, then the KTM thing counts for all of the KTM riders. So for me, Laquona, I will give Laquona a D. Just simply because 
I don't think he's been awful, and the Le Mans performance took it up from like an E. So yeah, I'll give Lacona a D. I think he's he's been all right, but I mean ninth at Le Mans. That's that's a, if you'd have said before the race Lacona would have finished top ten, you'd have been impressed. Yeah, I uh, I was feeling a D. I was thinking maybe teetering on a C based on this last result. I mean, like you said, he's on a crap bike this season. I mean, I think we're, to have eight points, you know, he's, what, I think this is his sophomore season, his second season. He's not a rookie, uh, but yeah, he only second. did a few races last year, right? No, no, no. He had, he had a full season yeah. last year. Did he? But, okay. Um, oh, no. I'm thinking of like Corona. Or I'm thinking of Salvadori. Yeah, Salvadori. Yeah. Well, um, didn't Salvadori do a full year last year? Or... No, because he was trained with Bradley Smith. Yeah. I, can't, I just can't remember like how that panned out. I think out, he came yeah. in with like four to go. Hmm. But yeah, Laquona is still very, very young. Let's not forget. A lot of people <laughs> just discount that, but. He is, um, yeah, he's still very, very young. So, um, yeah, I, I'll I'll give Lacona a D. Yeah. Let's move on. So, moving on, we got in 21st, Luca Marini on nine points. Uh, Again, not uh, not a massively competitive bike, but with the track. And he's a rookie. Yeah. You would have thought with, like, Qatar, he would have picked up decent points, and he picked up none. Um and he's actually picked up points in all three races after that since, mm-hmm. which is, you know, fairly Yeah, decent, 12th but... place, a 15th, and a 12th. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with how... I mean, it's an old Ducati, but it's also the same Ducati that Zarco was doing pretty well with last year. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, Zarco's a lot better rider than Marini is at this current, right. state, like, this current a, situation. A but... veteran. Yeah. But... I will give Marini. I'll be honest with you. I think it's quite disappointing, really, in 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 a roundabout way. I'll give him an. Am I? I've been being harsh, giving him an, an E. I'll give him an E. See, I'd go D. Okay, let, I'll, I'll go D then. I'll, I'll I'll kind of sit on the sit on the fence a little bit. Let's go with D. Yeah, because um, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to think. Like, can you move him up to a C? And it's like, no. Nah. You know, he's had issues. Yeah, has he finished in the points? Yes. But yeah, it's it's not enough. Like, I don't want to give him an E because he's he's a rookie. You know, granted, did he almost win the Moto2 title? Yes. But he's coming into a completely different series with, you know, riders that have been doing this for years. So, yeah, I'm I'm good with a D. Um Moving up the list, we got Miguel Oliveira, twentieth on nine again nine points. Um, I'd yeah. give Miguel uh, a, a solid E. Yeah, I mean, uh, or, or an F or a U or whatever. Like I don't want to be too harsh, but K- I think we can just put it down with KTM have just been very poor, very mm-hmm. very poor. Like take Lamont out of it with. Tech three guys doing all right and whatnot, and that that performance from Brad Binder at Portimao. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like general pace and whatnot, I think Brad Binder or any of them would say they're a mile off. They're a mile oh, yeah. off where where they where they would have expected to have been. 
last year, going into this year, they are an absolute mile off. Um, I mean, and so yeah. to be to be someone who won two races last season to drop this far, I mean, it, it's it is not a good showing for Miguel this season. Um, so moving up, I know you're gonna love this one. We got Val, we got Rossi. Yeah, nineteenth. I, I can nine I can points. sit here and say to Ross, you know, Rafa. For Ross's standards and everything that we've we've spoke about the whole Patronus thing and whatnot, Patronus have been way off it as well at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to cover, you know, Valentino in glory just because Patronus have been bad. You know, it's you know, it's not just the team, it's him as well. I think you'd be right in saying Ross has had a D or an E. Like he's been way off it. I was I, thinking an E. It it hurts me to say it, but it's true. So, you know, yeah. let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Um He's not it hurts me to see Miguel down there. But, yeah. But for Rossi not to finish in the top 10, hot, like a quarter away through the, the season, is it's just so and weird. It's a troubling sign, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, moving up in 18th. This is like this is one of the things that makes like seeing Miguel and Rossi down there even work. You got Stefan Brado in 18th on 11 points. He's not even racing anymore. Yeah, he's not even raced in two of the races, I believe. What what two races were they? Portugal. Did he race in Portugal? Portugal? No. No, no he didn't. But he came back to Jerez with the HRC colours, didn't he? Um, yep. I, I would say, to say he's a test ride, I'd, I'd, I'd say that's fairly decent. Like, I know it's mm-hmm. 18th. It's nothing special. And it's not 11 even... points, but it's still, like, he was filling in for Mark... Yeah. He uh, yeah, they it wasn't like they told him like you have to go out there and win. It was like please just finish the race and do it yeah, the best data. you can. Just get data, yeah. yeah. Um I, I think C for Stefan. I don't think he's done bad. That's, I don't think he's done wonders, just pretty decent job. That's how that's what I was thinking. Um that's a solid C performance. Yeah, for Mark, I don't know how we want to judge this because it's I I don't think we can. <laughs> See, this is the hard one. I was looking at this one further up the list. Uh, he missed the first two races. He got a seventh and a ninth in the following two at Portugal and Jerez. He, he fell off in Lamar, but it, you know, the conditions were not the greatest. You saw a lot of weird stuff there. Yeah. I mean... For me, all right, then for me, I'll and, give Mark a B. And I'll tell you why. Because he has come back from the worst injury he's ever had. He's had mm-hmm. so much time out, and he came back, and he's put it in the top 10 twice, and fought yep. through the whole race, and then gone to Le Mans, and yes, crashed, but led but the led. race and, and, and gone for it. You know what I mean? He's, he's pushed. Yep. Um, I think A would be saying he's back on, like, where, he, you know, for Mark Marquez. Oh, yeah. And A-Star would be, obviously, winning, but yeah, I think B for me. I I I said with Portimao, I, you know, I gave him rider of the day. I I thought mm-hmm. performance wise, you know, brilliant. So, yeah, B for me. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, moving up to 16th, we got Danilo Petrucci on 16 points. <sighs> yeah, again, I'm rocking my head back for like, yay! I mean, he's on a KTM. He's I mean, to have 16 points, are you really saying he's out working the bike? I mean, this is 
compared to everyone else on the list, grand, like other than a maybe two or three names, this is pretty much where you'd expect Petrucci to be. He's moving to a new team, a new bike to him. A poor you know, bike. Uh, yeah, a bike that's fallen way back this season. I mean, what more can you really expect? Yeah, I think, again, fifth place in Le Mans puts it up to a C. I think without that, I'd have been D. Like with Laquona, mm-hmm. I but I said, it's been very poor, and it has. But that Le Mans performance, fifth place for Danilo Petrucci on a, on a let's, you know, like we've said, on a poor a bike three. this year. And a, it does pay like, me to no- say, because they've had brilliant brilliant bikes in the past few years like later mm-hmm. on in the t- in the yamaha days with um folger and zarko they they a brilliant bike. It, it, it was amazing that zarko wasn't winning on it people i mean i know he's still not won but people were saying it, it was like the quattro thing when he came up in that it, it, it'll be a matter of time and he'll win it, it, next race race after that he's got to win so mm-hmm. for tech three to be in the situation they are in now and also just signed a new agreement with KTM. So they right. obviously, you know, they're confident with KTM. But let's call a spade a spade, as some of us in this side, well, this side of the pond tend to say. But let's say it how it is. The bike is poor. This year, the yeah. bike's poor. Um, so for Danilo, sorry, Danilo, let's say his name right. Uh, C, for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right with the C. Like I said, if... If it hadn't been for the result at Le Mans, this would have been a solid D performance. Yeah. So far. Um, oh, the next one is difficult. Yeah, we got in fifteenth. We have Jorge Martin on seventeen points. B. <sighs> See, I was thinking I was teetering between an A and a B because I think A would he would have to have been if I think if it, you know something I think it had been riding and not crashed and been injured. I think we could be looking at A. Right. Because you feel um, like if he if he wasn't hurt and was on he was riding he probably would be finishing top ten solidly. Yeah, and um, for that, I mean, but at the same time, it's one of them we can't be too we can't be too unfair and be like, well, he would be doing this. So da 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 da. You know what I mean? Right. The, the you have to go off are, what he's yeah. done. Yeah, but and I mean, he's, t- he's got a point and a podium, so it's like yeah, you know, A B. I think it's it's honest, I, a. I, no, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to go with a B. I feel like if he was still, if he maybe if he got a podium in the first race, because that was the race where he started 14th and was in fourth by the first quarter. The thing, are Had we judging him out of five races or are we judging him out of two races that he's actually? See, I feel, like, I feel like with him, you have to judge him out of the two races he's done because he hasn't been able to take part in the other three. So how was he done in the two races? The first race was able to get up into fourth, run there for a handful of laps, and then steadily drop back. And everyone was like, oh, well, you know, he's a rookie. You're not expecting a rookie to run in fourth place in his first MotoGP race. No, nah, I'm going to give him A. I've changed my mind. Okay. I'm going to go A because... He's in that caliber of like, if you remember, it was like Lorenzo, Marquez, all these people have like got on the podium or won or something in the first few races, and Handful. he's in that. Yeah, he he's in that cal- in that category, and he put mm-hmm. it on pole. He put it on pole in his second ever race. Yep. So, and for that race start, if you remember in the first race, that race start from Martin. Do you remember race one at Qatar? 
Oh yeah, that's the that, one I was talking about. A, for him to go, yeah, that deserves a star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for him to go from fourteenth to fourth, like yeah. y- y- everyone thought he jumped the gun, and no, when you watch the replay, he just got a really good launch and ha- was able to, because he was starting on the inside towards pit lane, he was able to just move around everyone and fly up the fourth. He I think halfway through turn one, he was up to third, but then down into turn two, he was back into fourth and he was able to stay there for a couple laps before he just started getting picked off. So, yeah, I'd give him an A. Imagine saying to F1 fans, oh, my God, that uh, this person in F1's come from 14th to fourth. Oh, if and we're like I, Alonso or something, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, I, I was talking to a guy at work about this. He's a huge F1 fan. And I, I, like, I remember telling him about these first two races. This was the equivalence of Yuki Sonoda getting yeah. a pole and a podium in his second race. Because you figure we've got three rookies. You have Bastianini, Marini on the same team. So there's your Mick Schumacher and your Mazepin. And then you've got a third rookie coming in, taking over a second seat like Yuki. So I this, yeah. So Yuki is the equivalent of Sonoda. So, or yeah, Yuki is the equivalent of Martin. So that's how I explained it. And he's like, that's like, he was just stunned about how, like how he'd done. So yeah, I'd give him an A for his, for the performance so far. Yeah. I think podium rookie podium, two races in a, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, now, the next guy, in 14th, we have Alex Marquez on 18 points. I feel like he should be a lot lower uh, and probably would be. I mean, you figure Mark was if Mark was up, if Jorge was still racing. I'm giving Alex an E. Really? I was thinking F. He He can't stay on the bike. But when he does, he's had two top ten finishes. But obviously, yeah, he's he had an eighth three, and a sixth. But three races, right? yeah, and I mean, to what he dropped it at Qatar one point and had had his leg in a brace. Yeah, yeah, he, he does like throwing it at the scenery. I think I'll go mm-hmm. with D. Um, maybe okay. not as as harsh as yourself, but um, I don't think it's harsh. To be fair, I just think LCR. Honda in general having their own issues. Uh, yeah, but not... when you look at where his teammate is. Yeah, true. But he's not a million miles in front. He's 10 points ahead of him. And, you know, he's the, he's another one that's crashed out of two races. Oh, not finished the, the two races. So, you know. I... No, he's more. He's like 15. Uh, Sonoda. Oh, no. Okay, I was looking at the wrong number. Yeah, he has 10 points. I'm looking at Fabio's numbers. <laughs> Sonoda. Or, uh, Franco's. Yeah, I'm looking at Franco's numbers. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll but, give Mark as a D. Uh, if you want to move on to Bastianini now in 13th. See, this one I'm feeling high about. I'm feeling like... B. I, see, I was teetering on A or B. Because, I, I, you know, to have a 10th, 11th, a 9th, and a 14th, he's only, you know, to be a rookie on that bike... Yeah, and to own, to own, to not score points in one of your first races as a rookie—that's really good. 
Yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, scoring points on that bike is impressive as it is. And let's not forget, scored points at Le Mans, starting from dead last mm-hmm. as well. He, he qualified dead last. Uh, you know what? You might have a point for A. Um, yeah, and I, I really like Bast. I've been I've been following Bastianini since very early on in Moto Three. I do like him a lot. Uh, I don't know whether to give him an A. I think if we'd have seen a top, maybe top eight, I'd have said A because that bike's mm. a lot less competitive than like a Pramac or a factory Ducati. So yeah, I think if it if it had got like a standout result, I'd be saying A. And if it had got near a podium or on a podium, I'd just be saying an A star for for the bike that he's on. So for that, I'll right. give him B. All right. Oh so... no! I've just seen who's next. Oh, yeah, no. jo- so, Josh is Josh is asleep right now, but Josh is absolutely yeah. shaking. He, yeah, sleep. he he just like woke up sweating for, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> so in twelfth place we have Alex Renz on twenty three points, a sixth place and a fourth place in Qatar, and then no points in the rest of the races. Did, didn't he fall off in all three of those races? Yeah, well he fell off at Portimao, didn't he? Chasing Fabio. He fell off at yeah. Josh's favorite crash ever, and he fell off the at slowest Mans. crash ever. Yeah, he fell off at Le Mans coming uh, out of the pits he did last year. Yeah, I... for me, Alec, like in terms of results, I mean, he's had a fourth place, but to not be on the podium five races in and to be wanting to challenge for titles, mm-hmm. sorry, but it's got to be a U. Like, I see. I was, I was thinking F. Yeah, F or a U. Like it. It's just been so bad. And for he's his, it's for his standards, it's so poor. And I feel like he it's one of the it's another one of those things. He's trying too hard. Yeah. You know, to have your teammate on a similar bike win the championship. Now he feel I feel like Renz is you know, thinking like, okay, now I need to go out and I need to prove myself. I need to prove why I deserve this factory seat. And it's just he. I don't know if he needs to go see one of those sports psychiatrists to get the, like this, to get over this hump or to get out of this groove. But like, it reminds it, me a little bit like of late last year at Quattararo, in that he could mm-hmm. see the championship at times teetering towards Mir, and then just tried yeah. way too hard and just basically lost the races himself. Um, yeah, poor for Rins. I think the quicker we move on, the quicker Josh will get back to sleep. Yeah, so moving on, we're at Brad Bender in 11th on 24. Um, I mean, again, he's KTM. the highest. Yeah, he's the highest KTM. Again, yeah, it's. I feel like it's that fifth place position in Portimouth that's really helping him. Yeah. I want to see. See, I was going to say a B. See, I, I just don't think. I think B for a KTM would I, be like, yeah, you, you're you, you've been there or thereabouts, like constant top one, five, one top five result from five races. If you'd have said before the season, Brad Binder's going to be in the top five once, you'd be like, yeah, oh, okay, that's that's. that's you'd be like, bit. why what, did yeah. he crash? You know, what did well, the bike break? What happened? Yeah, and let's just look at the other results. He so got fourteenth. An 14th, 8th, 5th, and a 13th. And did he I, f- fall you know, off in Perez? 
But yeah, he does not he score points. I think he did fall off, didn't he? I don't want to be wrong about that. Let me uh, I'll go that, check that now. So another peek behind the curtain. We're looking on motorsport, and it shows what how many points and the position. But for certain races, like we're looking at Brad Bender at Jerez, it just shows a dash, and it doesn't tell. He did, did he crash. crash? He did crash. Okay. At DNF. So, and I'm pretty sure he didn't have a uh, any kind of failure or anything. I, I seem to remember him crashing. Yeah, now that you say that, I do remember him going. I remember hearing about him going down. Um, I think he went down at Cito Pons Corner. I could be wrong, but he, yeah. Um, the point being, for me, I'm going to give Brad a C. I just think before this year, I just expected so much more from KTM. Mm -hmm. Just so much. I, Miguel Oliveira, I had as a top five, top six finisher at the end of the season. And don't get me wrong. Pigs might fly and Miguel Oliveira might finish in the top five of the championship this year, but it's not looking like he's going to get in the top ten. So, no. Yeah, KTM have really had a poor season so far. So I'll give Brad a C. Yeah, I'm all right with a C. Uh, um, moving on, we have Hollis Spargo. Yeah, in tenth, he's on 25 points. Not the top five. <sighs> Yeah, and that's I was looking up at the up the list a little more. He's not the top Honda, and it's really, uh, it's really affected how I want to grade him because he's so on a he, factory bike now. He is, he is, but we <laughs> Granted, we all know that he, it's it's the hardest bike to jump on, and it's a yeah, new bike for him. So let he's coming you know. from KTM. He's going to Honda. <sighs> I, I'll he's give finished. C to be honest. People will probably think D, but nobody. See that? That's where I was leaning. Honda. Nobody jumps on that Honda and does wonders straight away. No one, other than Mark Marquez, which we're talking different caliber in that sense. Yeah. Look at Brad. Look at Bradle. You know, Bradle jumped on it last year, even though he's test rider everything, and obviously he knows the bike. Oh yeah, Bradle, he knows Bradle better than anybody. You know, Bradle wasn't chucking it around in top five, top six, and everything and whatnot, and he knows the bike mm -hmm. better than Paul. And Paul's had what? An eighth, thirteenth, tenth, and an eighth. So he's been in the top eight twice. Yeah. It's yeah, like... he fell. He had that. Uh, I forget if he crashed or the bike broke in Portugal. Uh, Portugal. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I'd yeah, I'd say C. I was. It's middle I was of the a line, little. Isn't it? Yeah, because like you said, new team, new bike. What really do you expect? I mean, he's finished in the points in most of in all but one race. So, I mean, I mean, you've got Tucker just, on it, yeah, on the same bike. I was like, just about to say it's you know. really surprising. Taka is in ninth with twenty eight points, he's and he fell off in the years. first two races. Yeah, yeah. Taka is one of them that he. I, I think he's a little bit like what we said last time with Joe Roberts in that he, he just needs a result. Like Jane mm -hmm. Dixon, he needs a result. He needs a, he needs a podium to just sit like, know that he's capable of getting there. Um, yeah. So we can kind of go on to ninth with Taka, who I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to give him a B because, I, I mean, fourth in Hareth. Right. He's, I, I'm teetering on B slash C. I mean, he fell off in the first two races at Qatar. Yeah. 
He got a 10th in Portugal, 4th in Jerez, 7th last race. Yeah, uh, let's just I, so uh, let's uh, say he got eight points on average, right? Let's just say twenty-eight at sixteen. What's that give him? Forty-four. So if if he finished both race, uh, the first two races with an average of the points that he gets, he would be sitting in seventh place right now, just behind Johan Mir. Right. Which you'd be like, that's a you know just that's probably bike. an bring, A or B performance. Yeah, bring the bike home and you you're doing all right. Which I mean, tell that Alex Rins and he might actually yeah. win a world championship but um nakagami do i give him I i'm gonna say c B or c yeah let's go c yeah yeah uh, like it like you said if he would have finished the first two races you know you could be looking at a b because like you said he'd be way further up than he is. well not way further but a, a few places up from where he is now that would be a solid a performance um but, f- I mean, for the most part, he's just, yeah, Honda have doing been a average, C. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. Honda have been average at best. Um, the next one's another very interesting one based on the Yeah, it's going to be hard. Year. Because eighth place, we got Franco Morbidelli. Didn't fin- he? Well, no, he finished the first Qatar, but that was the race where his launch device was stuck on. So he finished way in the back. Got a 12th, a 4th, a podium in Jerez. And then crashed out at Le Mans in that really nasty crash. He finished like 18th he said, put... in, the, in the first Qatar race, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Which was poor. 12th, poor. 4th and a 3rd, decent. And then with Le Mans, he's had a, he's had a very weird weekend, especially with the little like niggly knee injury that he's had. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it's been, I mean, it's been you know, for someone that's won three races last year, eighth place sitting what behind Fabio? What how far behind is he from Fabio? Well eighty to thirty three. Yeah. It's it's all right. I wouldn't say he's done amazing. One podium. That's uh, but I mean, when you look at the bike he's on, he's on a two-year-old bike. He's still on the 2019 bike. You look at the the garage next to him, Rossi, 19th place on a bike that's a year. Is is Rossi's bike a 20 or a 21? I think it's 21, a 21. Let's let's be real. Newer doesn't always mean better, and that same nope. bike that that Morbidelli is currently on won three races last year. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know he's not on a bike that can't win necessarily um but yeah i get your point i think a fourth and a third a 12th i don't know i want to give him a b but at the same time because he is in eighth let's not forget he's not like Mm -hmm. he's he's miles behind i'll give him i mean yeah that's how i was thinking b um because you really can't like you don't want to give him lower because he's out like he's out doing his teammate by what, 33 to 9 points? Yeah. So, yeah, you got to give him a B. I think anything lower would be a disservice. Uh, seventh, Alicia Spargaro on 35 points, a seventh, a tenth, two sixth place finishes. Did he, he DNF 
did he DNF in Le Mans? Yeah, he had a failure, didn't he? He ran on from turn... Yeah. I forget what turn so... it was, but at the end of the back straight, he ran on. Both Aprilia's DNF'd. Mm-hmm. And if you want to compare teammates, that's that's definitely one to compare. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking, you know, Morbidelli to Rossi. Now let's look at Aleish to Salvadori. I want to give Aleish an A. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Podium or is... win, he'd get an A star for me. Mm-hmm. He is outworking that bike so bad. He's outdoing his brother who's on a factory Honda. Yeah, you. I mean, granted... The names above him are the names you'd expect to be there. But the names behind so him, you wouldn't have said five races in, he would be in front of. Right. Like You, you would never have said that he would have been in front of Morbidelli that, five races right. in. Right. You wouldn't expect him, you wouldn't expect to be saying, oh, he's ahead of uh, Brad Bender by 11 points. He's in front of Rins by 12 points. Yeah. Rins is a legitimate title contender. Exactly, on a bike that you know can win a championship. It did it last season. Yeah, he's in front of I... the two-time race winner last year, Miguel Oliveira. Yeah, all these people we're mentioning have their own problems, but, you know, Aspargaro has his own problems. He's 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 not crashed at Le Mans. The bike's failed on him. Every, every other right. race, he's he's put it in the top ten. That's, in fact, that's insane. He's put the, that bike every time he's finished oh, that in the top ten. Yeah. That bike Back-to-back same... six places. In yeah. Portugal and Jerez. The same bike on his teammate can't even mm-hmm. get into the points. Well, he can, but only once. Yeah, That's I'm... Insane. Yeah, A, definitely A. Yeah. Uh, moving up to six, we've got Juan Mir on 49. Uh, a fourth, a seventh, a podium for third, and a fifth crashed out in Lamar. feel like we keep saying that. I'm glad it's after, like, looking at the rest of the results, after this, we don't have to keep saying that. But, I mean, he's in, I mean we are in the top six now. We're not in mm-hmm. four positions. Right. I think the standard and that Jean-Mir's maybe set himself, you'd be and saying that's, I feel is going to, I feel like that's going to hurt him. He's the defending world champion, and he's in sixth right now. But again... He was like you think of last season and where he was early on. They went to Austria and he was down on Quattararo by how many points? I was like, yeah. Thir- so he's better. He's doing better than he did last season. But at the same time, if you'd have done this last year and not known that he'd gone on to win a world title, you would have said at this point after before I asked you to say, Sean Mir is having an awful season what's going on mm-hmm. um and he just had such an amazing three quarters of you know the rest of the year that right. he went on to win a title so for me Jean-Mir, i'll give him i mean he's had three top fives and a crash in seventh i'd say i'd say b b yeah because he's in sixth he's you know he's what what is he behind quattro 31 points behind quattro it's not a million miles away, and he's still in, you know, comparing to his teammate, that's the first one you always compare, is straight to his teammate. You've got him on 49. He's, he's more than double of his teammate, so, yeah, you know. And we gave Rins... Did we give Rins a U? I think I gave him an An F, and, and I think F. I gave him a U, yeah. So, yeah, I'll give Jean-Mir a B. B, I think. yeah. 
Yeah, moving up to fifth, we've got Maverick Vinales on 56 points, a first, fifth, 11th, 7th, and 10th. I think another B. Because he's won. Yeah. Maverick's won a race, and yet he's also it's, got an 11th and a 10th. So you're I, like, I was about to hey. say, it's the 11th and the 10th that are like really bother me, and it's... It's that same. Thing. Like in, 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 you know, condition you. A neutral condition for mm -hmm. all bikes. Maverick, for me, is one of the best riders on the grid by my... Right. But that's just my opinion. Um, I mean, he's a and that's great rider. change my grade on it. Yeah. But for me, this year, inconsistency would take it from an A to a B. I mean, he's fifth. You know, he, he is fifth. Yeah. Um, if he was down maybe seventh or eighth, like Morbidelli, I'd be saying, you know, it's not been great. But he has won a race, so... I think that kind of bumps it up from... You can, I think if if he's won a race, you can't really say C, can you? No, it's just that there's... There's two names above him I keep looking at that haven't won a race and are how many points ahead of him. That's more the consistency, which is why I would give those an A. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll give him B. I'll go B. I was teetering B or C. But like yeah. you said, he he has a win, so yeah. And yeah I think moving up, the reason that we're giving him B is the fact that A and A star are, are saved for the following people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fourth place, Jack Miller on sixty four points, two ninths. Did he? Where did he finish in? He crashed. Uh, Portugal. Did he crash he in Portugal? Yeah, he crashed okay. at the top of the hill. Yeah. So DNF. In Portugal, and then back to back wins in Jerez and Lamar. Such a like 50 50 season, isn't it, for Jack? Yeah. We, we spoke after Portimao, like, what's happened? Like, what, what's we going took on? him off our fantasy teams. You did, yeah. <laughs> you did too. Oh, did I? I don't know if I did. I know I took Bagnaya out. Oh, was that it? Yeah, I... I, I took Bagnaya out, and then he had a brilliant race at, um, at Jerez. Somebody else. Was it Josh, maybe, who took? Maybe. I, Jack's, I think Jack's been in mine the whole time. I could be wrong. Or I, I might have taken him out. I'm not sure. But See, Jack I know Miller, I took him out of mine. Yeah, Jack and Miller's first three races was just... Because, and he he topped practice at Qatar. So everyone was like, oh, Jack's going to do it. This is Jack's season. You know, he everyone was penciling him almost for a, you know, a championship. And then two ninths... A DNF, and everyone was like, "Oh, Jack, Jack's fallen off. Like Jack has problems." And then back to back first places. Like it was like he saw all the criticism. Like, hold on, watch this. Hold my shoey for a second. Yeah, I, so, I want to say A, but I'm almost like I want to say your a first B. Three, yeah, your first three races were awful. 
for yeah. a factory for number what one you... factory Ducati rider, mm-hmm. the first three races, let's not sugarcoat it, were and that, awful. That's the other thing. Everyone pen like everyone had you know Jack as the yeah. number one. He is. They literally, did. they literally did have him as number yeah. one. Not even like maybe top three. That everyone, well, I'll say everyone. The majority of people had him as the standout number one. Yeah, and it was like there was no question. Like everyone was like, "Oh, well, Jack is number one on the team. Pecco's number two. Like mm. everyone like had him penciled in as like, yeah, he's the guy. And to fall off the way he did in those first two. Granted, he's come back and you yeah. know made something of it in the last two, but I, I want to say a B. I give credit where credit where credit is due. Sorry, um, the last two races he has done amazingly well. Mm-hmm. I, it, at the same time, I'd, I'm not trying to discredit Jack, but Hareth Quattararo is at arm pump, and he's been yeah. He got given the win. Let's be honest, and, and then, then Lamont. He's, it's a rain, it's a, a rainy race, race, which obviously flag to flag. You still, someone has to win, and you know, Jack. Right, Jack's you still, still have won. to finish. Yeah, um, and he, he's not. He's I not mean, done he gapped... for me where I'm like, that's Jack Miller. Do you know what I mean? If he, right, I think if we go to Mugello and then, you know, he he kind of puts his foot down and wins again, I'd be like, that's a a star kind of thing, but. I right. don't want to seem too harsh giving him a B. I feel like it's A slash B for me. I can't really decide. I, if you want to give him B, then that's fair enough. I'd give him a B, but I feel like if we were using like the grading scale in the US, this would probably be like a B plus. A minus kind of thing. Like yeah. it's it's going to be like a, a high in the B grading scale. Yeah. I think cause just in the the way he won with like, again, not discrediting him, but Hareth, it got given to him. If it wasn't for Fabio getting the arm pump, you know Fabio was winning that race. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he, obviously, and, he didn't, and Miller right. won, which is fair enough. But he, he's not. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? He's not really like he hasn't wow. really like. Yeah, it. It's not like he's really like gone after Fabio. Like in these two races, it was Jack and Fabio. It wasn't like he went after him. You know, was getting elbow to elbow with him. You know, really fighting for it, it was like. Well, Fabio couldn't even like grip the bike anymore. Yeah, and, and then in Lamar, a case of like the race of Ford riders, wasn't it? In yeah, Quattro, Bagnaia, Zarco, Miller. That was basically mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, uh, a slash B for Jack. I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to pick either of them. Uh, moving up to third, we got Johan Zarco on sixty-eight points. A two back-to-back second places. Did he crash in Portugal? Yeah. Same corner as okay. Jack did. D- okay. So crash in Portugal, an eighth place, and a second place. This is an A. Like, it's an A. Yeah, it's an A. I mean... If you're in top three I, of the championship, you, you kind of... If you're in top three an and and you haven't won a race, yeah, you're that's an A like regardless. I, I mean, mean I, that, it's that it, one it's DNF, or, isn't it? Like you could say, well, yeah, but he's not won a race, so surely that d- discredits his grade. But at the same time, he hasn't won a race, and his results are that good that it puts him in the yeah. top three. So it's like, you know, and to to DNF a race and still come back, and you know, to be in third, yeah, he's in third by like four points. Oh. But it's it's still third. Oh, you mean you mean in front of Jack? Yeah, 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 yeah the Jack. 
you know, and it it's one of those things. If he's not, if he hasn't crashed, or you know had a bad race, he's on the podium. He's second place. Mm-hmm. You know, he led the championship at leaving Qatar. Yeah, Johan's like had a this, great year, very mm-hmm. good year, and yeah, this, it's a little bit like coming away from Qatar. Uh, the second Qatar race was that mm-hmm. the Doha one or was Qatar the second? I can't remember the second Qatar race, where uh, Jorge Martin said, "I know my place in the team." Johan's going for the title, sort of thing. That's and he has, to be fair to Johan, he has said from minute go, "I'm not here to you know win a race or do this or that and the other." He, I want to, I want to challenge for the title this year. So, you know, he puts himself in good stead. Twelve points off of. Quattararo and mm-hmm. like you say in terms of results without a win brilliant to say that he's in third so all credit to him I think if he had a race win you'd be saying A star but because mm-hmm. of that A so the next person we got Pekka Benyaya second place on 79 points this I'm giving A star mm, I, I gotta give him A sorry I, I love Bagnaya but A, a star for Two. me is Fabio's got to win he has to win. See, A-star is the best, be... the best, best, best result. He's in second place on 79 points. He's one point behind Fabio and not a single win. That shows he is right there. Top, you know, he's got a third, a sixth, two, ba- two top, uh, second places, and then a fourth. Don't get me wrong. I think it's an A plus type thing if you want to put mm-hmm. it in an American way. But we're judging them on the the five races that they've had, and for me, A star, you've either got to be leading the championship easily, or you've got to be winning races. You know, and if you, I mean, Jack Miller's won races, but he's in fourth, so it's a bit different. If Ragnar would have won one of those races, I'd be saying A star. The fact that he hasn't. That would be the cherry on top to add that star for me. And I did say it with Josh that what a place to go to next week in that a home race for Bagnaya, a home race for Ducati, the form that he's on, and to Mm -hmm. take the championship lead, that would be the perfect weekend for Bagnaya. And he's on the right bike for the right track sort of thing. You know, Mugello, Ducati, brilliant rider, brilliant track. Well, best track of the world, in my opinion, and <laughs> to go to go there, that would be some statement to win. Because if you're Quattararo, you'd be thinking this guy's form, and now he's won a race. You know, he might have another Joe Amir on his hands. So, um, yeah, I might be being a bit harsh about that, but a, I think leading on to number one with Fabio Quattararo sitting there in number one, I'm oh, going to have points. to give him a star because he's he's leading the championship and he's won two races. I mean, see, I maybe an A, maybe an A because I want to. I'll give him an A. I expect him to be a bit higher than like. I look this Jerez, thirteenth, three points. Granted, was it arm pump? Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Like, if you take if he would have won that race, if you if he would have won that race, yeah, 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 A star all day, no questions asked, A star, but. It's a thirteenth. I mean, you think there... if they'd have won there, where would he be? So seventy-seven, he'd be on eight-two. He'd be on, he'd be on over a hundred points. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah which is sad when you think about it because he didn't do the team or Fabio. He'd be did on hundred and two points. Yeah, he did nothing wrong to lose mm -hmm. that, and it wasn't like a oh well, you know, everyone has that at some point. It's literally just it just happens. Do you know what I mean? It just does. Um, right. And that's it's, it's, his performance wasn't bad. His performance was brilliant. No, he was leading. He was pulling away from He literally Jack. got in front of Jack and then just gapped like half a second within the yep. one lap. And it was just like, wow, this kid is just going to fly away. And that's why, like, performance... I'm, I'm judging them on performance as well as results. And performance for me, fifth in Qatar, which looks... Well, it looks all right, but let's not forget, in Qatar it was literally like... Not the second one was closer, but fifth in Qatar would have been like a second off of the race win. Right. Um, won brilliantly in the second one to defend off those Ducatis. Um, Portimao, masterclass. Five Arrest. seconds ahead of everyone yeah. else. Dominated. Absolutely made a mug of Alex Rins. Um, Hareth, performance amazing again. Doing but great until he, yeah, the arm, arm pump. gave away. And Le Mans, in those conditions, like I said with Josh, on that bike, mixed conditions, amazing and he, result. And he was doing he was doing well before it started raining. Yeah, I mean, you could see he was starting to gain a gap. It was just well, you know, the weather. All the other Yamahas finished at Le Mans. Yeah, know? so that's why I give him a star. Maybe so I'm, I'm being I'm a bit gonna, biased, but yeah. I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to give him an A. Yeah, I I feel like. I like I'm just looking at the results. Five, one, one, thirteen, three. Yeah, maybe I am being a little bit biased, but hey. But yeah, so that's their grades for the uh riders. Um for the teams. Um I think these will yeah, these will be a little easier because we've already gone through. We've given like tech three, I'm giving an F. Yep. Agreed. And like that bike is awful. And I feel like these are also going to, well, the constructors might be a little different because we're going to give different, you know, team like Aventi Racing in 10th. I want to give them a C. C, yeah, you expect it. Two expect rookies, it. you know, old Ducatis. Old yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, hey, at least they're not last. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like I've said in the past, you would expect that team to be dead last every time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Red they're Bull, five I'm, points above. The, I'm sorry, Matt, but Factory KTM for me, I, I give them a U. I don't have the shirt on today. So, uh, yeah, I'm I giving them an F. You have to. They've been shocking. Yeah, they, I mean, this, a factory team. You're a factory team and you're behind Aprilia by four points. Behind them, though. Like, you know what I mean? It's. And th this is a factory team that did, you know, how well last season. Granted, they only won one race when Brad Bender won in Brno, but, but they had you a good still had underneath them, didn't they? Do you know what I mean? They they had performance. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were what I think top five, top six last season. So mm -hmm. to drop this far, yeah, you deserve an F. Aprilia, I'm gonna give. See, I know this is all leash. I want to give him a B. I'm going to go with C because because of how outweighed it is. With I'm not just going with just a leash. A leash would give him an A. 
Salvadori would give them an E kind of thing in terms of results. Mm. So it, there or thereabouts, you've got a great rider and a rider not doing so great. So I'm going to give them a C. Okay. Uh, Patronus Yamaha on 42 points. D. I wanna, see, I want to give him a C. D. But Just... I think C is kind of like almost not what you expect, but like. A Are you saying D or B? D. Oh, D? Okay. Danilo Petrucci. Yeah. D, because I just think performance I could see that. first few races were just shocking. Mm-hmm. And for, yeah, yeah, I mean, Fabio's clearly outdoing Rossi. Franco, you mean? Oh, uh, yeah. God, I always get those F names if it makes up. But, uh, yeah, I can, I could see a D. Uh, I'm going to give him a C. You know, f- mainly because of how... Franco has brought that bike around in the last few races. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, granted, Lamar was, you know, underlying certain circumstances, but how he was able to get the bike in the previous two races. Sixth place, LCR Honda, 46 points. (sighs) I kind of want to give him a B slash C. I was thinking C. Yeah, we'll go see. I mean, the first two races were abysmal. Both riders fell off. No points at all those races, which is really bad. Yeah, uh, I'll give the same result for Repsol as well. Yeah, so C for LCR and Repsol in fifth and sixth. Uh, and then you jump from 48 points to 72 points in Suzuki. <sighs> Still, look at the difference between 72 and the top guys at 143. 43, yeah. This is, this is the team that, you know, won a world title One. last year. Right. Yeah. So, Suzuki, I've, I've got to give them C. C, that's I'm what not, I was I'm just thinking. I'm saying C for the sake of it, but oh, it's and been average. It's been mediocre results. I mean, you move up to third, you got Pramac Racing. On 86 points, I want to give him a B. I, I mean, just want to give him an A, to be honest with you. Like, to say like they're in is... with a rider that's not been there for the last three races. And you had to bring in Tito Rabat, who has not been on a Pramac at all. Last time he was in MotoGP, he was on uh, Aventi Racing. So he's on an older Ducati. He come, he basically you know, gets asked, hey, can you just come fill in on this newer bike than what you've had before? You know, he gets a point. He helps them out there. Yeah, I, I give Pramac an A, personally. Yeah. I think a great year. Uh, second place, Yamaha, uh, 136. A. A. Uh, yeah, I mean, to have Fabio winning races, to have Maverick finishing. It, well, you know, they both it... a race, so it's, you know, they've right. got riders that can win races. And to be honest with you, it might seem harsh me doing this and probably a bit contradiction, contradiction can't speak contradictory or contradictory yeah in saying that i'm not going to give ducati an a star and the reason i'm not giving them a star is because i don't think any teams had a a standout year i think the first three races if we'd have done this i'd have said yamaha a star because they won the first three right um but they've they've, you know kind of teetered off the last couple of races Mm -hmm. so you'd say an a ducati then first couple of races are like well hang on what's what's going on here 
Whereas now well, they've, yeah. started, they've done like the reversal of Yamaha. So mm-hmm. I think an A for both of them is fair enough. I mean, you figure Pramac only scored two fewer points in the first race than Ducati. Scored double points in race two. It was race three because neither Pramac scored a point. And then Jerez Ducati scored 45 because, you know, first and second. You know, that I that 45 right there, because that same race in Jerez, Yamaha scored 12 points. That's the real kicker there, because before that, Yamaha was scoring points, was scoring more points than Ducati. It was that it's this the last two races that have put Ducati up by, you know, what is that? Eight points. So, yeah, I'd give Yamaha and Ducati an A. You know, like you said, they've sort of done the reverse. How, what we'll see in the next race, because that'll put us at an even six, and we're looking at five right now. So if it if if he, Ducati does well and Yamaha sort of teeters off, yeah, it will be a complete reverse. Um, I can get behind that. Moving on to the constructors, we can flip through uh, these very quickly because it's pretty yeah, much the these same. Are... It's just you know, it's not the teams; it's just the people that actually construct these bikes themselves. Right. So, you know, from top to bottom, we have Aprilia, KTM, Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha, Ducati. Um, Aprilia. B. You know, B, yeah. Um, uh, KTM, C, F. KTM, F. Honda, C. Suzuki, C. 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 Yamaha, A, Ducati, A. A, yeah. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, it's pretty much what we gave the teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's a fairly decent idea that we've got there. We'll probably do one at halfway mm-hmm. and yeah. try and flip through them. figure out... So we have 23 races this season. We have 23. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. 23 races. Or is it 21? I think it's 21 because I think Formula One is 23. I think we have 20. What I'm reading here. Because we might have all 19. I don't know. I don't think we have 23. Though. Yeah, I think... F1 have more. F1 have like 20, 22, 23 this year. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But we'll do like a, we'll just do one in the summer break because that's what they class as halfway, isn't it? We'll just do one when we have three weeks off or something. Um, we'll try and put something in there. But just quickly, as we get into the last segment of the, the podcast, we will move on to our preview for Magello. And me personally, I love this race more than any other race. And probably Phillip Island comes close, but Magello for me is just love, just pure love for Magello. Are you looking forward to it, Matt? Is, is Magello one of your favorite tracks? Or I like, I love Magello. Uh, I think it, it it gives a wild race because you have like. Everyone thinks of the straightaway and how you know, Ducati with the speed and it's their home race. But and I'm going off because I've I've only seen one race there. But really? I'm so I'm I'm going more off of playing it in MotoGP and ride four. Once you get out of turn one, it's it's so windy and it's bad. You know, you you come out of turn one up the straightaway a little bit and then you go tur- it's. You know, 90 left, straightaway, 90 right. Down the straightaway. 90 left, 90 right. So it's it's not as right-angular as what you're maybe 
saying there, it, it's such a smooth track to just like mm-hmm. it flows. It, wait, it's not I like mean, for me. Arabiata one and two, which if you think of, I don't know if you know where that is, but if you come out of like maybe sector one and you go mm-hmm. through like downhill and then they go up those two right handers up the hill around yeah. the backside of the circuit, that second yep. right hander. I always remember Stoner 06 crashing there, massive crash, but amazing corner. For me, Magello's got so many amazing, stunning corners that can make races from an 8 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 race. Like, the last corner, you've probably got six different lines through there in Moto3, and then it's just a case of bunching up in one line, spreading the pack out over that hill, in over the crest into Turn 1, into San Donato, and it's just... It's just one of them for me. I, I just Moto Three is chaos. If oh, you, yeah. if anybody listening to this wants to watch anything leading up to Mugello, on YouTube there is a free Moto GP race that they've uploaded themselves. You can go and watch it. It's the 2017 Moto Three race back when Joao Mir was racing in Moto Three. But that is that epitomizes Mugello with Moto Three. So. Everyone listening to this, you should definitely go and watch that if you can. Matt, I don't know if you've watched that. You should go and watch it. You'd love that. Um, I don't think I ha- I know I watched what I watched one because during the pandemic leading up to the season, uh, MotoGP's YouTube channel was throwing out like all these yeah. classic races. I watched one of the first ones they put out where it was uh, it was Rossi, and it started raining. Oh, that'd have been oh four maybe. It depends. Mugello. I'm pretty sure it was Magello. Well, it rained in 04 and it got red flagged and then restarted for about 12 laps or something like that. Let me see if I can find out. I don't think they've had a wet race at Magello since then, unless my memory's serving me wrong. Um, I think it might have slightly rained in 08, 09, but Rossi won and cleared off. I don't think they would have put that one on. Uh, It definitely rained in 04. Or it, it got red flagged in 04, I know that. Um... Uh, yeah. So I, I did the math. Uh, we have twenty races this season. Twenty, yeah. Um, the... I'd love to know what race you're referring to now with the Magello thing with Rossi. I'm not sure if you could find uh, that on YouTube or anything. That's what I'm looking at right now. I just know it was months ago, and with all the stuff they upload, I mean, MotoGP's YouTube channel is just amazing with all the content they put out. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, Tech Talk with Simon Crayfar is one of my favorite things. Yeah. Uh, Simon Crayfar is just... a very knowledgeable guy. Mm-hmm. I'd love and to. Like, if, we, if we got guests on, he would definitely be one yeah. guy I'd love to sit and chat to. He's just so knowledgeable on so many different things. Mm-hmm. If we were able to get Simon Crayfar on here, I'd probably... It, like, did you ever see the Chris Farley skit where he's like does interviews? Uh, I might have done him if I've seen it. So Chris Farley used to do this skit on SNL where it was him giving interviews to celebrities. And right. the most famous one is him with Paul McCartney. And he's just sitting there and goes, so do you remember when you guys recorded this album? Yeah, that was pretty cool. And like, that's the whole interview is just like, do you remember when you did this? That, that was really cool. I really liked that. <laughs> Yeah, like that's what it would be like. like with me and Simon Crayfar. Yeah, maybe maybe I should tweet him. Maybe I should just try and put it out there and be like, "Would you fancy coming on a podcast to help us 
kind of get a bit of well, not really just help us really i mean I, i'd just love to even if we didn't put it out and he just went fancy a, a quick five minute chat I'd, I'd happily just sit and speak to simon Crayfar about anything mm-hmm. um there's a few people i'd quite like to get on but obviously we're still very very early days but simon Crayfar right. would be a, an amazing one to get on but yeah back onto the magello side of things there has been so many amazing moments whether it's been moto 2 moto 3 GP 250s, 125. I mean, the old 125 races were spectacular. They were amazing races to watch because, obviously, in the grand scheme of things now, they're a lot slower than just what you know as Moto3. So Slipstream was just insane down the, down the main straight at Magello in the old 125 races. It was just something spectacular to sit and watch. So I really look forward to Magello every year. I should be there. I'm not because of COVID and whatnot, but fingers crossed next year. I can go to Magello, but yeah, I, I honestly cannot wait. I think my prediction would be maybe Bagnaya win. I think Bagnaya I, might win. I would like that. Um, like you said earlier, the, given the form he's on, Such a fairy this is a Ducati story. track. Yeah. For him to come in here and get a win would be amazing. Yeah. Um, right winning on home soil on a homemade bar i think the i guarantee you it will i don't know how how strict security would be the fans crowd the front straight yeah, they um, do, yeah. So, so the race I was referring to was the 2004 Italian GP. Straight away, I so, said 04 okay. because of this. Yeah, I was like, it was, it was Magella, Rossi... Mm. Rained. You're like, oh, four. <laughs> sure. I was three years old when that race happened, and I still got it wrong. <laughs> oh god! Uh, somebody, somebody yeah. give me a life. Anything, I'll take anything at this point. <laughs> but yeah, looking at the uh, calendar, there are supposed to be there were supposed to be 21 races. Uh, Argentina's not happening. I don't think they still have will happen now. No, because then the garage burned down yeah they had a paddock burned down yeah uh that one's been postponed and then 21 is supposed to be coda but again that's postponed mind you things are starting to open up around here uh mind you i'm not in texas but just uh today nascar uh, my father-in-law had the nascar race on it was at coda there were fans there so fingers crossed coda happens this season if that is the case that would put us at 20 races. So our half season review would take place after the first Austrian race. Yeah, I think to be fair, we might even be able to either do it then or just do it in the summer break anyway. Uh, depends because mm-hmm. obviously COVID so hard to predict as it is anyway. But right. if we can get it after the 10th race or around that kind of time, then we should be should be good. Yeah, that, to do that, then. that would put give us uh, Magello, Barcelona, uh, Saxon Ring, Assen, 
and then first Red Bull ring. Yeah. It still baffles me in a way that you've only ever watched one Mugello race because of obviously the last couple of years getting mm-hmm. into it and whatnot. It's like, I just want to sit here and be like, play 2018 Mugello <laughs> race. Sit and watch this. 2017. Well, like, watch this, watch this. He's going to do this, this, this. Like, So, yeah, like I said, I've watched the 04. Great race, actually. It was, and like, like, did they not have flag to flag back then? No, no. Because Rossi just, just like flag. throws his hand up. Yeah, that's what, that, they, that is what they used to do. I mean, they only started doing flag to flag pretty much like when when did it start being flag to flag? Like twenty fifteen ish, something like that. Oh, so they, I, they can't, I take that back. They have done flag to flag kind of races. Sorry, that's a lie. That is a lie. They've they've done like I think I'd be right in saying that. 07 Le Mans when Christopher Mullen won would have been a flag to flag, but a lot of the times it's like they'll just put their hands up to say, "Well, we need a completely restart." Um, mm-hmm. So they have been doing flag to flags for a while. I, I, that was a lie in saying that. I, I could be wrong in saying that was a flag to flag though, but um, yeah, I think it's more a case of everyone starting on slicks and then it being right. fully wet. Whereas now it would just be, "Are we just gonna?" We just set up the the second bike for what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I've watched the 04 Italian GP, the 05 British GP. Ooh. uh, The 06 Italian GP. That's a great one. Between Caparossi and Rossi battle. Or is that the Mm -hmm. Biaggi battle? Mm -hmm. I think it's the Caparossi one, isn't it? I forget it. Mind you, I watched these five months ago. I remember Uh, the 05 uh, Rossi one because that's the classic... Uh, violin celebration that he did after he won over the line. Uh, I still have the 06 German GP. Uh, the 08 Indy GP. 08 Indy. Oh, wow. Yeah. The 12 Valencia GP, 13 British GP, 16 Austrian GP, 17th Italian GP. Oh, that's the Moto 3 one. Well, Valencia is a very interesting one. That's a, that's the a very interesting race. 2017 Dutch GP. Great race. 2017 they, J- Japanese GP. Do they have the 2018 Dutch GP by any chance? Because that was a great uh, race. I know 2017, you just said 2017. The 2017 Valencia. Oh, wow. That was the Dovi Mark battle. That one. Yeah, it, it's titled... Uh, well, the 2017 Japanese was is Davizioso versus Marquez. Brilliant wet race. I stayed up until about 4 or 5 a.m. to watch that. I was just and sitting then there the, like, come on. The 17th uh, Valencia is the final showdown. Yeah. And then... If you, you want to watch looks like... Pressure, in, in, a, in a nutshell, Pressure would be 2017 Valencia when Marquez braked 50 meters late and saved his championship on his elbow. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was the last classic race they posted on their YouTube. After that, it started getting into uh, testing. Yeah. Oh, I just realized if you watched the 06 German race, you would have seen the best livery. No, you're right. That was. I remember that race, though. I remember watching that one as a kid, because I remember Nicky Hayden got on the podium. And... <laughs> 
Marco Malandri. Marco Malandri is such an overlooked rider. I could sit here for hours going on about old race and stuff like that. But Marco Malandri is another great rider that if you go back to like the mid 2000s and whatnot, he was one of those that maybe you might not know of because he's not won a title and he's not done wonders, so to speak, but a great rider to go back and watch that maybe didn't win a world title. Um, yeah, and that, yeah. that's what I think that's one of the things because I have the uh, MotoGP video pass. That's one of the things I haven't really taken advantage of is going back and watching some of the classic races. I had it for the whole of lockdown, and let me tell you, Matt, <laughs> I became the official saddest man in the world. <laughs> I might just have been known for race being sad, after race, but I literally would just be like, oh, three sapang watch and just sit and watch old races after and after and after just but it that is why video pa- i do give video pass credit where it's mm-hmm. due because that that is a sick feature that they just let you go you can go i've sat and watched like it's like 20 when was it 2016 or was it 17 moto 3 qualifying or something some like argentina or something like that and i was like oh, I remember this, 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 and I was sitting there watching thinking, what am I doing? But at the same time, it's great. You can just go back and watch loads of stuff. Past seasons, I want to see how far back I can go. You can go to about 93, 94. And they 92. Of... Yeah, yeah. 1992, it's mostly highlights. Oh, here's uh, the they British worry. GP in 92. You can watch the full British Grand Prix of 500 cc's. Yeah, I'll tell you um, one race to watch is, and I think I'll be getting the year right. I think it's 93 Assen. Brilliant race. If you want to watch one of the old 500 uh, classic races, I think 93. It might be 94, but I, I think I'd, be, I'd go with 93 Assen. Um, Looking at 93, it only, it doesn't give me much. Um, it might be on YouTube, to be fair. The first full session I see is the British GP from 93. The Dutch TT, it only gives me highlights. Oh, that is a shame. Uh, 92 has a full Dutch GP. It says, Crevelle shines in the, in the premiere. Trivier. First ever Spanish uh, world champion in the top class, actually. So he's, he's a notable figure that you may... I don't know if you've heard of Alex Crivier before, but... No. He, he is basically like the... Not the godfather, because I think that's more Angel Nieto and the likes of, but in terms of, like, the guy that made it happen for Spain in GP, he was the guy that won 500 CC. In 94, I can watch the Japanese Grand Prix. That's a good race. That's a good race. 94 uh, Suzuka, great race. To scroll through the years to figure out like when's the first season where it starts. The 97. People are listening to this right now, just probably sitting there thinking, these guys have got to be. I have the no life people. whatsoever. <laughs> uh, if you've made it this far in, then either can, tweet us that you've made it this far in and. and yes, I'll let us personally... know if you've made it. I will personally congratulate you for making it this far in without getting so bored or annoyed with us. Then fair play to you. Fair play. So in 2002, there's four races. <laughs> yeah. If, I'll tell you a good race to go and watch is 
2000 and let me get it right i want to say 2008 donington 125 that's when mark marquez got his first ever podium but the at the time youngest ever race winner in scott redding won at donington and i'll let you into a little secret i was there that day great Hmm. great race that was um let me make sure uh, that I got 2000, that right. Donington 2008 MotoGP full race. Highlights yeah. of... One, two, uh, five. No, full session of the 250, full session of the one, two, fives. I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy with how the classes are set up now, but there is a big mm-hmm. part of me that misses the old two-stroke one, two, fives, just because the noise. I will say playing those old two strokes on MotoGP is really hard. Uh, yeah, those bikes have no traction control, have no electronics. You snap the throttle, it throws you off the bike. Um, yeah. Uh, one real quick thing before we'll sign off, because I'm sure this is going to be a two-hour podcast. Uh, Tends to be what MotoGP... happens when we get into like nostalgia or anything yeah. like that. Uh, MotoGP 21 is still shit. Uh, I they did updates earlier this month. You still cannot brake. You still cannot turn these bikes. They, I don't know because they released a schedule where they were doing, and the way they said the way the schedule was, it was just like from May first to May fifteenth. There's going to be an update. You don't know when, but there's going to be an update. May fifteenth to May thirtieth. There's going to be an update. Don't know when there will be an update. I don't know if it's come out. Uh, you, I I keep trying to do Barcelona because that's Barcelona is always my test track because it's in every racing game. And it starts you out coming down like the uh, the second DRS straight yeah. around the the new turn ten how they reformed it. Mm. It autopilots you up through eleven and twelve up to that like back straightaway where. In oh, MotoGP, yeah. you keep going around, but in F1, you do the chicane. I cannot make it around that turn without crashing. Every t- I either crash or... Autopilot, you mean? Like auto. Yeah. When it comes out of autopilot, it is like shooting you down towards that turn, like the penultimate turn. You either run off or slow the bike down so much that you tip over or almost stop the bike. The, the game... This game should not have been released yet. It is. I, I can't really comment on it too much because I've only raced with the Moto3 bikes. And I will say this. What I have raced with the Moto3 bikes, I did really enjoy it. There's a lot of things that I'm like, that needs fixing, this needs fixing, and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. But the racing on the bikes and whatnot, like just in general, is decent. But there's so much that like, they could, and I've said it before, they could use the community so much better. But that's a whole nother conversation in itself we've done that argument yeah i I do need to play the the moto 2 felt unrideable when i first started like trying to give them a go but Mm -hmm. i've not really tried moto gp bikes but i've spoken to a few of my mates and stuff that have played it and they're just like it's not even like when you practice for a fair bit you're like okay i get it now it's like you're still at the point of like what is this like how do i know where i am with half the corners they're so inconsistent Mm-hmm. I can't well, comment because I've not really played it, so it's more up to you. I, I've tried playing it, and uh, ref, you're going back to or making a reference to something before. 
uh, the Greg's Grodd podcast, you know, Greg White has tried to play the game. And if, <laughs> I messaged you guys about this. He roasted the game so hard on one of their episodes. And everything he said was true. There is no trail breaking anymore. The breaking lines are so all over the place. Like they, if you, if you're someone like me, I, I use the racing line more as like a breaking point and to tell me like, to help me figure out when to accelerate. The, if you try to stop when the braking line tells you to stop, you'll run off the track every time. Yeah. It, it is broken. It, it's so bad. It, it is for, like, it's, I will try to go on maybe once a week, once every other week and see like, okay, have they done the, done the updates? Can I get, can I get a little, cause I, I, I play other stuff, MotoGP 20 ride four. Yeah. And see like, have I got, can I do better with these MotoGP 21 bikes? And no, they're so bad. And the, the schedule that, uh, milestone put out is saying this will be until August that the game is fixed. Yeah, it's not what you pay fifty pounds for. Like, it's, no, over it's here it's sixty dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you got the game. All you could do was MotoGP, Moto Two, Moto Three, and I think a couple classics series. They just added Red Bull Rookies Cup with the first upgrade. Moto E isn't coming for another like month. It's it's really it's, bad. It's it's poor for the the money that they're asking, like, mm-hmm. and not even just money wise, like people that want to play the game and just have fun with the the sport that they love right. or whatever. Like, it's just like yeah. really, like, it's a bit like luster. Well, and like another thing that Greg White made a comment about was the fact that they added long lap penalties, and I'm not because his whole thing was, you know, when people play these games, they want to. They're people who maybe can't ride motorcycles or maybe don't have the access to these bikes. So these games are their gateway into being able to perform on these bikes and to have fun on these bikes. Nobody wants to be bothered with track limit penalties or long lap penalties. Granted with these video games, if you wanted to like, maybe just give that. I mean, you can, yeah, give the, give us the ability to turn them off. And I understand like, and especially with sports games, like sports video games try to co- imitate the real thing as much as physically possible or much as humanly possible. But it's one of those things like you have to think about what do the fans actually want? Do the fans really want to be told, hey, you're exceeding track limits? This isn't this isn't a full sim game. A, a game like Assetto Corsa Competizione is one thing. That's a full simulator like you want to be told hey you're exceeding track limit i think a game like f1 or moto gp 20 or 21 you really don't want to be told hey you're exceeding track limits go take a long lap see i'm at the other opinion of like i want that but at the same time i definitely see a side where i'd go but what if you don't want that what if you don't want to be like completely realistic and you just want to have a bit of a you know just a bit of fun just a bit of a more of an arcade style game Right. Um, but like I say, I, I've not played it a lot just because I've been so busy with uni and my essays and all this, that. So I've not really had time to just sit and play it because it's one of those games for me that I enjoy it so much that I know when I start playing it, I'll want to sit and play it for like a fair for amount of hours. time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I well, 
barely even touched I'll... the game enough to talk about it well enough. Well, really. You don't have to. I'll keep you posted. I'll let yeah. you know if things get any better. Like I said, I tried at least a once a week. You know, I think the last time I played it was last week. Before that, it was like a week and a half ago. So I'll keep you posted. I'll keep the fans posted if it gets any better. Uh, I think Josh made the right decision in saying, like, I'll wait. Josh made the right decision in going to bed. <laughs> That's what yeah. Josh made the right decision in. Josh would be sitting yes. here now, like, fast asleep, like, yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> We'd hear Josh snoring. Until, until so, he heard Alex Rins, and he'd be like, what, what, what? Yeah, like I said, he'd, like, wake up shaking in a cold sweat, and be like, why did I hear that name? <laughs> so, I feel like that's about where we're going to end it today. So with that,